want to welcome everybody today to our live stream. Again, it's our second week into this, and I'm so grateful for uh, Brother Jeremy Mitchell taking the time to get us set up. We're actually going to be doing different things today. Also, in addition to Facebook live stream, it's uh, going to be uploaded to YouTube. And uh, so we're, we're going to have a lot of different ways for people to view uh, what we're doing today. So please uh, let everybody know that, those of you who are connected with our East uh, Highland Baptist family. And then also uh, those of you who are watching, uh, Facebook friends and and others in the public, we're just glad that you've tuned in with us today. We hope that this will be a time for the Lord to bless you and encourage you. And and uh, as we're going through these unique times, we certainly are. Um, life has changed, but God hadn't. So we're glad that God is still the same God. He doesn't change, even though the circumstances we're in have changed. Let me say a few things very quickly. This is sort of our church housekeeping business. Just want to get some things out of the way. Uh, first off, uh, while we're separated, uh, we're still the church, so be the church. Uh, be uh, what you need to be in the public, but also be what you need to be with each other. Uh, check on each other. Pray for each other. Uh, if you see needs, please uh, either attend to those or let somebody know that we can uh, meet a need. Uh, specifically today, I'd ask your prayers for David Boyer, who's going to have a, uh, an appointment Wednesday and just needs our prayers. He's concerned about that. Uh, but also, uh, just ask that you'll be praying for others in our church. We've got a lot of our seniors, a lot of our older adults who uh, we hope that uh, you'll just continue to check on. I've been able to do that some. Some of our deacons have certainly been doing that. And, and, uh, but we need the whole church to, to be checking on each other. So we encourage you to do that. Also, uh, there's no services or activities uh, through uh, now April the 17th, uh, the latest governor's mandate has asked no more than 10 uh, and, and at six feet apart, uh, and that included venues uh, that include the church. So we're gonna, we're gonna uh, continue to suspend our services here on campus uh, until uh, April the 17th, and we'll see where we're there at, uh, at that time. But just want you to know that uh, you can tune in to our live stream services. Uh, I'm certainly available to you, uh, church members. You certainly call on me at any time, and I'll minister to you in any way you need. Uh, just cause the building shut down, I have it shut down, okay? I'm still praying for you, still doing all things that need to be done as I can. So you just let me know about how I can help you with that. Also, with regards to the offering, just real quickly, we are going to have two men here today. Uh, uh, Brother Sam Gully and uh, Brother Bill Hayes are going to be here between 1130 and 12 at our main doors. Uh, if you'd like to just drive under, uh, they'll come. They'll take the envelope from you or however you want to give, and then you can leave. We don't get out of the car. It's curbside uh, service we're going to provide. Of course, you can also send it by mail, or you can also do it online. Uh, this is a good time for folks to get online. Uh, if you can, uh, begin to do that. That's a good way to do it. All right, so just another thing. Um, uh, we're going to look at all the other ways we can, we can serve and minister to our congregation, but also to our community. But the main most thing I need you to do is pray. And uh, so at that time, uh, with that in mind, let's, let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, just thanking you for the, the fact that you are God. And, and no matter what we face in life, no matter what we face as individuals, what we're going through as communities, what we're going through as a church, what we're going through as a, as a country, and even in our own state, Lord, we know that you're in control. These things, Lord, we don't question. But Lord, as we're going through these times, we, we pray that we might hear from you and Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and minds. And, but Lord, also that we will be the communicators of your great good news of Jesus that, and all the things that you provide for those who trust in you. And Lord, that uh, we will be uh, communicating good things to one another. And uh, Lord, that uh, through this time, we'll help each other, pray for each other, 
minister to each other. And Lord, when it's all said and done, we'll look back on this time and realize that you were at work. You were doing things we could not see at the time. But Lord, we're just grateful that you're the God that you are. So Lord, do your great work even now. Uh, Lord, as we attempt to, to provide a, a, an opportunity for people to be encouraged and, and Lord, to worship together, even though we're separate, Lord, in our hearts and minds and spirits, Lord, as we join together in worshiping you, ask, Lord, that uh, you'll just do your great work. Whatever the needs are, Lord, we're asking you to provide them abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. So once again, I have a blessed opportunity since uh, we're not allowed to have a lot of folks. I've got family who are wanting to help us in our worship and our time. So I'm going to ask Jamie and Tinsley, she's going to come, they're going to come up and, and sing for us. But before they do, uh, Jamie is our commander for our WANA group, and uh, she's got a few words she's going to share. And uh, so you listen attentively. Okay. Good morning, East Highland family. Um, we miss y'all. We miss um, Awana. We miss seeing everybody just all together. But um, on the note of Awana, I do ask that y'all are working with your kids and um, getting them to do their verses. Um, we're going to try to work out something with cubbies so that we have the puppets to come out and um, lead the story with the kids. We're hoping to get that going. Um, Sparkies, just keep rolling. Try to get through your books. If something happens and this carries on, even longer than after April. We still plan on having our closing ceremony the same date that is scheduled. It may be via Facebook Live, maybe a big parking lot spaced out party. I don't know, we'll get it worked out, but we do still plan on having closing ceremony the same date. Um, TNT kids, make sure you're getting through those verses. Parents, if you can't get a hold of a leader to help, um, just a real quick, um, they get two helps per section to say their verses. Um, try to help them um, do their verses the best they can. They need to work through their whole sections. This is for TNT kids and parents. Um, they need to work through all the questions uh, and learn all the verses that go with it. That's very important. That the it's not counted as complete till that's done. Um, where it, where it goes from there? Uh, Trek is next. Um, Trek, y'all keep doing your verses. I'm super proud of y'all. I've been keeping up with you on the computer, and I'm overwhelmed at how well y'all been doing. Please keep it up so y'all can get your awards. Journey kids. I know y'all are struggling with the verses, but y'all can do it. Y'all got all this time now. I would love to see y'all catch up and do some verses um, and, uh, and get your awards too. Uh, but I love you all, and um, I hope that y'all can keep up with your verses and your, your work. <clears throat> in my wrestling doubts and my failures you won't walk out your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea in the silence you won't let go in the questions your truth will Darkness, I will follow you. Oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, 
just a promise. You will carry me safe to shore. Safe to shore. Trust the promise, you will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore, safe to shore, safe to shore. You're the brightest, you will lead us through the storms. Fire before us, you're the brightest. You will lead us through the storms. Fire before us, you're the brightest. You will lead us through the storms. Fire before us, you're the brightest. You will lead us through the storms. My lighthouse, my lighthouse. Shining in the darkness, I will follow you both. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. from me. Anyway, it's so good to be with you. I, this is so strange for me in 63 years of my life and 40-something years of ministry, 30-something years as a pastor. Uh, you know, the Lord wants you to do new things. God says he does new things, but we're, we're doing new. And we're doing new in a lot of different ways. So anyway, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate uh, uh, Brother Jeremy and others who uh, have the knowledge and technology. And, and I'm just glad we're at a time and place when this happened. The Lord uh, had us at a point where we did have this kind of technology. So I'm just grateful for that. Well, yeah, as many of you probably heard, uh, you know, schools are now closed for the rest of the year. Um, a lot of sporting events. I think about all these athletes who have worked so hard and practiced so hard and ready to play, and now they're not going to get to play games. They're not going to get to finish out seasons. Uh, and and I, my heart really goes out to the seniors because they're they're going to miss out on a lot uh, of things that uh, were going to be their last things, you know. And 
uh, for their time in high school and of course this has also taken place in college and and I thought about the Olympics you know they're <clears throat> postponing the Olympics and I love to watch the Olympics um, but because of COVID-19 uh, you know that's going to be postponed and and I'm a great fan of sports I do I, I do love to watch uh, various games I'm kind of disappointed uh, baseball be delayed and and everything else but when I think about uh, the Olympics, I think about these people, four years they've been training. They, they have to wait every four years for the Olympics, and they work, and they work, and now all of a sudden it's going to be postponed. Well, you can get your body in shape just so much, and now they're going to have to recondition themselves again uh, in a different way. But, uh, you know, I really like the, the, the type of games in the Olympics where you're the fastest, you're the strongest, uh, you, you score the most points, you win, because nobody can really take that away from you. What, what frustrates me are people who are competing in things like skating and diving or something of that nature. And of course, uh, next thing you know, they didn't get a fair score. Uh, you know, it turned out years ago, there was a bunch of judges who were judging uh, uh, the uh, gymnastic program uh, in the Olympics. And, and it turned out they, they were uh, changing scores or not giving the proper scores and became a very big scandal. I think one of the greatest scandals I think I've ever seen in the Olympics uh, had to do with a a, a boxer by the name of Earl Jones, this was in 1988, he was fighting a, a Korean opponent, uh, but the outcome was influenced by politics and perhaps even by uh, bribes. Um, even though the Korean fighter himself admitted that Jones had won the fight, uh, the judges would not award Jones the gold medal. They gave him the silver, they gave the Korean fighter the gold, uh, because politics demanded that the U.S. could not and should not win that fight. So. So we think about that, we think how unfair that is. That is that's so unfair. Uh, life, many times, is unfair. It's, it's unfair what's happening uh, to a lot of folks right now. We look at it and say, well, this is a terrible time. And, uh, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fair, and life wasn't fair for uh, the Apostle Paul and his companion Silas. Uh, the passage I'm going to read this morning speaks to what it is to be imprisoned and yet still be free and even experience personal revival in prison. You know, right now it just doesn't seem fair that we can't do a lot of things we want to do and it's, it seems uh, like, uh, you know, life has just sort of turned upside down for us and, and I know that uh, some of you have quarantined yourselves in your home and if, and if you're vulnerable to, to issues, I plead with you to do that. Uh, for others that uh, we're around people like that, then we have to be very careful, washing our hands all the time, doing all the good things we need to do, taking all the precautions we can. But I know right now people just feel like they're kind of imprisoned with the circumstances. They just don't know what to do, how to do. They can't do things they would like to do. Um, so I, I, what drove me to this passage was that very thought of imprisonment, you know, just, just being confined, not being able to do all the things we'd like to do. And, and as I read this passage of Scripture, the Lord gave me a couple of things I'd like to just share with you this morning that I hope will be of help to you. They've been of help to me. And I hope it will be with you as well. But it's found in, in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, uh, and we'll turn in the book of Acts. We're going to look at chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 22 uh, through about 33. Um, you know, Paul and Silas were in prison for their faith. They were actually doing what God had told them to do. They actually were trying to go to different places to share the gospel. And in the background context of this passage of Scripture, they'd actually tried to go to two different other places, and the Holy Spirit forbid them to go. That's an interesting a part of the Bible where they wanted to go somewhere, but the Lord said, not now, not, not at this time. But there was a vision given to Paul to go to Macedonia. We call it the Macedonian call. And so Paul was obedient to that call, and he and Silas went. 
And while they were there, uh, they were ministering to people, and all of a sudden, uh, life for uh, Paul and Silas turned upside down because it was grossly unfair that uh, just because they were doing good, just because they were preaching about Jesus, suddenly they should be uh, beaten and then imprisoned as they were. But uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the inside of some primitive jails. Um, uh, certainly, they're, 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 it's like being in a dark, dark dungeon. It's just a dark cave-like situation. And what we're going to see here, Paul is in the worst kind of situation. So let's look at this together and see what God did with Paul and what Paul and Silas did with regards to their uh, situation. And maybe we can learn from that today how to deal with ours. So in Acts chapter 16, let's begin uh, reading through uh, verse 22 and uh, reading through verse 31. Now the crowd joined the attack against them, that's Paul and Silas, and the magistrates tore the clothes off Paul and Silas and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had beaten them severely, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to guard them securely. Receiving such orders, he threw them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the rest of the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, a great earthquake occurred so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, all the doors flew open and the bonds of all the prisoners came loose. And when the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he assumed the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out loudly, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Calling for lights, the jailer rushed in and fell down trembling at the feet of Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with all those who were in his house. At that hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his family were baptized right away. Let's look at this passage of scripture for just a moment together. When I see this, I see a circumstance that Paul and Silas had done nothing to deserve what they were experiencing. Uh, it just came upon them because they'd actually done good. And, uh, and so now they found themselves beaten and they found themselves in prison. But three things let's take from this that happened with Paul and Silas. First off, notice that freedom and revival was experienced by Paul, by Silas, and ultimately by those around them because first, in their circumstance, they turned to prayer, real prayer. I'm not talking about just saying a few words and saying, well, I prayed. I'm talking about where they uh, absolutely laid hold to the throne of grace, where they grabbed hold of the horns, if you will, of the altar in heaven, and they pleaded their case, and they prayed, and they prayed, and and, uh, you know, as I see this passage of Scripture, I'm, I'm reminded of what Lloyd Ogilvy, uh, in one of his books, he describes his visit to this very Philippian jail, uh, this place where uh, it served as Paul's prison. And inscribed on a plaque in that room is a quote from Paul's letter to the Philippians in Philippians 1.21, where it says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. See, that was the basis of their praying in the night, in prison. And them not just in the night in prison, but in the darkest. Notice he says he put him in the most inner part of this prison. That means no windows, nothing. 
just absolute total darkness, bound with chains, having been beaten in a dark, dark place. And yet, what do we find Paul and Silas doing? They are praying. And folks, I can't say all the reasons why we're going through what we're going through. Nobody knows all that. We just know it's a virus that's come across the, the ocean. It's now in our country. We're, we're dealing with this. People are doing the best they can with it. People are being confined. Lives have been changed. Businesses, uh, employees out of work. Uh, the list just goes on and on and on. All the things that are happening uh, economically, what's going on politically, what's going on in people's lives, what's going on in the church, what's going on in, in all these different things of our life. And yet, what I think God is really wanting us to do is the first thing that Paul and Silas did. They prayed. I just can't think of any better response that we can make to what we're going through right now than to pray and just ask the Lord to help us through this time, to help others through this time, uh, for him to be glorified. You know, one of the greatest parts of our prayer can be that, Lord, whatever's going on right now, whatever's going on in my life, whatever's going on in the life of the people around me, whatever's happening in the church, Lord, just be glorified. Somehow make your name glorified. Somehow make yourself be glorified. I'm just amazed. Paul and Silas, we never read where they prayed, Lord, free us from my prison. We don't read where Paul and Silas said, Lord, get us out of our darkness. All we read is they prayed. They probably were praying for others. They were praying for churches. We read in Paul's letters when he was in prison, he was constantly praying for them. He was praying for the church. And if he asked for prayer, he wasn't asking much for himself in terms of uh, help me to stop being beaten, help me stop being in prison, help me stop these other things from happening to me. No, it was just about that God would be glorified, that the, that the gospel would go forward, whatever means that God could use. And one of the things I'm reminded of, most of the New Testament we have written by the Apostle Paul is written from jail. I don't know that Paul would have ever sat down and, and written those letters had he been free to just go from place to place and preach. That's all he had been doing. Instead, God put him in places where he'd have to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit and, and write. Sometimes that may be what God's doing in our life. Slow down. I need you to do some things for yourself with me. I need you to spend time with me. I need you to spend time in fellowship. I need you to refocus on who I am and what I want you to be doing, what I want you what kind of person I want you to be. So notice they're praying. They're praying at midnight, the darkest hour. They're praying in the darkest place, and they were praying. In fact, D.L. Moody once said, every great work of God can be traced to a kneeling knee. And there's a great, great truth in the fact that all revivals that I've read about in history, that at some point in time there were people who were praying, and that prayer transformed them and transformed others around them into a time of revival. And who knows, once again, I think maybe God is calling his church, his people to pray and, and being in, imprisoned uh, in, a, in an unusual circumstance may be the very way God is driving us to our knees. God is wanting us to say, hey, I need you. And we need to focus on God. And we need to pray. And notice their, their prayers had effect on the prisoners. <laughs> I mean, others were listening and saying, hey, they ain't responding like us. We're over here complaining and whining, and, and, and yet listen to these people. They're praying, and listen to what they're praying for. And it got them. It got their attention. Second thing, real quickly, and that is um, in the midst of all this imprisonment and all that they were going through in their circumstances, they experienced personal revival. They experienced freedom because they had the right attitude. They not only had the right uh, prayer uh, mindset, but they had, they had the right attitude. Because notice what it goes on to say. Not only did they pray, 
but it said they offered up praise. That is, they sang. They sang songs. Um, I'm grateful we had the opportunity to hear a song before I preach. I love to have music before I preach. I don't know why I've gotten so used to it all these years. If somebody doesn't sing or somebody or choir or group or something doesn't sing before I preach, it's, 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 it's tough. I, I just love music. They sang in prison. They sang in the darkness. They sang when no one else was singing. Now listen, hear me carefully on this. I get the praying part. If you're thrown in jail and you're in the darkest of the dark place of the jail and, and you got rats and vermin crawling all over you and the stench that can only be somewhat imagined but, but not really, uh, and, and in stocks and in pain from, from the beating, and all that they had experienced simply because they were preaching the gospel. Where God said to be, doing what God said to do, that nothing other than just being where God said to be. And yet they not only prayed, but they sing. See, I get the praying part. I get the fact that they prayed. We'd all pray. We pray when something bad happens. I, when we got a, a, a diagnosis of our granddaughter Marley uh, about uh, possible cancer on, a, on her face, which they saw and, and was there, and I remember we just entered into a time of prayer. And you don't pray normally. <laughs> you, you, you just pray a whole different way. And I remember I was in Kroger's when Suzanne called and said, have you seen Jamie's text? And I said, no. I was busy trying to get her supplies so she could drive to, to, to where Jamie and them were. And, and it was the fact that the doctor said, we can't find what we saw. It's gone. And I cried like a baby right there in Kroger's. <laughs> when I think about that, I think about the fact that I prayed in a way I hadn't prayed in quite a while. Paul and Silas in this time were praying in a way probably they hadn't prayed in a while. <laughs> and I think that's why we see what happened. <laughs> you see, their praise was their response to their unfair treatment. Their response was, and their prayer, and, their, and their, their singing was their response to their adversity. And most of our great hymns and songs that we latch hold to, and again, as I mentioned last week, they're, they're written out of these times of adversity. But it is the praising to me that's most strange. I get the prayer, but the praising. And I wonder if God's not even doing what he's doing right now so we get back to real praise. Where, where our songs are not just like prayer, just singing, but just because they're coming from an experience that we've not experienced before. They're coming from the heart. They're coming from a life that uh, we've not ever dealt with before. And the, and the people outside the church walls now have the church in their presence, in the community, unable to assemble. They need to see us praying. And they need to see us praising our God. They need to see that. And we need to be doing that. Um, and, and that, you know, the church has a call. We have our Macedonian call. We have, we have our mandate to win souls like Paul and Silas were doing. And, and we have our call to pray and, and to, to sing songs and to worship our God. Um, and these folks had been dealing with uh, demon possession. They freed this woman from a from a demon that was allowing her to make a living for other people, and that's what really started the whole riot, was that uh, he took away their livelihood. Uh, he took away their job. 
Uh, he took away their revenue. Now, you want to get people upset, you do that. Uh, that's what's happening even now is a lot of these things, these mandates coming from our government, whether it's from Washington or Montgomery or wherever, uh, they're affecting people's lives. And, and, and sometimes we respond in a way that the world expects us to respond. But what if we responded the way Paul and Silas responded? What if they see us praying? What if they see us praising God? Then how would that help us in winning people to Jesus? Well, I think this story tells us this, the, the consequences of the way they reacted because they had a jailer who said, I don't know what you've got. <laughs> you didn't even leave the jail. You, were, you, you could have been free. You could have left this prison. You could have run for your life and hid. No, you stayed here. Because of that, my life, my physical life's been spared. Now, what do I need to do to get saved? Wouldn't it be great if the church had the attitude and the prayer posture in this time so that people can look at us and say, I don't know what you have, but I need that. I want that. And they could turn to Jesus. And we could tell them how to do that. Um, you know, that's the thing, too, is when he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas had an answer. And by the way, do you notice how simple the answer is? <laughs> I mean, he says, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Well, we make it so hard for people to be saved. And yet the Bible is very plain about this, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. It's so simple. I mean, the Bible puts it in such simple terms. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 3.16, which most everybody's heard or knows about at some point in time, uh, says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever believes in him, same word, shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, it's all about our response of faith. And, and how did the jailer come to have a response of faith? Because Paul and Silas had the right response to their conditions, to their confinement, to their imprisonment, to their darkness. They prayed and they praised God. They continued to worship. That's why this online type situation, uh, it's, it's difficult, but, but what a great time for families to now begin to worship together. I mean, we come as families to church and worship as a church family, but what a great opportunity for families to rediscover what it is to worship God and to be the house church. Not that we forsake the assembling of ourselves. That as soon as we can, we need to gather back together. We need to worship. We need to do all the things God calls us to do uh, as a whole. But right now is an opportunity for us to be refreshed. Right now is an opportunity for us to experience revival. Right now is an opportunity for us to experience freedom in our confinement. And that happens when we respond the way Paul and Silas did. When we pray and when we praise the Lord. And I think that will make a huge difference. It'll make a difference in our family. It'll make a difference in our extended family. <laughs> hey, how come you're not responding this the way everybody else is? Well, because <laughs> i got a God who can handle it. <laughs> i got a God who, who can handle what's going on in the world. i got a God who can handle what's going on in our country. I got a God who can handle what's going on in my business. I got a God who can handle what's going on in the church. I got a God who can handle what's going on in my family. I got a God who can handle what's going on in my finances. I got a God who can handle what's going on with my health. I got a God who can handle that. And we need to pray and we need to praise Him. And we need to show this kind of response uh, to the panic and the anxiety and, and, yes, the unfairness and everything else that we may be seeing in our present time. 
Theophilus said that adversity is a challenge to faith, a call to victory, and a chance to witness. Let me say that again. Adversity is a challenge to faith, a call to victory, and a chance to witness. I think one of our greatest opportunities to be a witness right now in the, is in these days. These days of confinement, these days of adversity, and when we face these undesirable and unwanted and even unfair circumstances, and it could be even beyond all this, it could be a difficult marriage, it could be a, a, a job situation, it could be a health situation, it could be anything that you're facing, we can still follow Paul and Silas's example. And also the, the words that Paul wrote uh, to the Thessalonians. Uh, when he said in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we talk about the will of God. One of the things that is the will of God is that in all circumstances, in everything, give thanks. Wow. That's hard to do, is it not? But here's a great truth. We don't have to be free of the problems of life. We don't have to be free from any and every circumstance that comes into our life to proclaim God's greatness, to pray, and to praise him. If we'll do what Paul and Silas did in this passage of Scripture, then we can experience our own personal freedom and our own personal revival spiritually in our walk with God. It's a great opportunity for us to do this. We have more time than normal for many of you. And I know a lot of you are still working. Your schedules probably have increased. I mean, you're probably working more. If you're in the health profession, we, we praise you and thank you for your hard work. You're on the front lines. If you're EMT, uh, you know, first responders, if you're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, people who are sick in any way, or you're having to treat people or even test people, and if you're having to deal with other things that have to do with this, this circumstance, uh, all I can tell you is uh, you're our heroes. We, we thank you. We're glad that you're there. We're glad you had the training, the technology. But most of all, we're glad you have the compassion and the willingness to serve the way you're doing. But folks, whatever's going on in our life, whether your life is ramped up or whether it's slowed down or whether it's whatever it is, uh, we need to proclaim God's greatness. We need to pray and we need to praise him. And uh, then we'll be free. Because, see, the third part of this is uh, revival and freedom comes from being at the right place with the right message. Maybe God is doing certain things this way so that we'll be in the right place. And if so, with the right people, we have the right message. We can share Jesus. We're going to have a lot more opportunities to share Jesus probably than we normally do because of the circumstances we're facing. But people are watching us, folks. They're watching how we respond. Do they see us responding with prayer? Do they see us responding with praise? Because that's what shakes heaven. And folks, when heaven is shaken, heaven shakes us. Did you see in this passage of scripture what happened? There was an earthquake. That was heaven shaking. Heaven shaking the circumstances. And what's amazing to me is when the earthquake took place and the bonds were broken from the and the shackles off of the bodies of the prisoners. All of them, by the way. Not just the believers. All of them. And when the jail doors flung open, they stayed. Because there was an opportunity to serve the Lord. 
I pray that we just take this time, whatever kind of confinement, whatever our circumstance, and use it for the glory of God. Use it to pray to him. Use it to praise him. And use it as an opportunity to witness so that those around us, when they see what God is doing in our life, and they might very well ask the question, what must I do to be saved? And we can tell them, you just need to believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because when it's all said and done, it's all about him. Folks, I'm looking ahead. I'm thinking about Palm Sunday. I'm thinking about Easter. Uh, this is considered the most holy week in, in all of uh, Christianity. It's normally when churches have the largest crowds, and it's normally when we focus on the greatest thing that's ever happened, and that's Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross for our sins and gloriously being resurrected from the grave. And we preach and we proclaim that message. Well, folks, even if we're separated, we can still proclaim the message. Do it outside your home. I made a suggestion about Palm France on Palm Sunday, and everybody we don't live in Florida. <laughs> Where are we going to get palm fronds? We'll get something green and maybe wave it out to folks and say, hey, this day our king came, and he came to save us. And then next Sunday, we'll do whatever we can. Maybe in your families, get up early. Maybe just do a little sunrise time, a devotion time, whatever you can do. But something even outside your home so people can say, well, I don't know what they're doing over there. They're having too good of a time in all of this. Well, they need to know we're having a great time in Jesus. Let's do that. So that perhaps when it's all said and done, this will be a time we can look back on and say, wow, look what God did. I'll close with this. Turn of the century, about 100 years ago, there was a man was stranded on the opposite side of a river from his family. It was ice-covered, and he didn't know how thick the ice was. But he wanted to get to his family, so you know what he did? He got down on his hands and knees, and he just inched out, went inched out, inched out across the river, waiting to hear some cracking going on <laughs> in case he needed to back up. He's just crawling across, when all of a sudden, a loaded wagon with six horses came right by him and flew through the other side of the river on the ice. Well, as soon as he saw that, you know what he did? He stood up, he ran across that river because he knew he was safe. Folks, our God, our God has gone before us. He went to the cross. He suffered and died for our sins. He's experienced death for us so that we don't really have to taste death. Physically, yes, but spiritually, no. All we got to do is believe and receive. Time to get up spiritually, quit crawling, and let's get walking, maybe running, praying, praising, and witnessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to spend this time with our family and our Facebook friends and those who will be watching in other venues, whether it's on YouTube or wherever it may be. But Lord, uh, we're grateful that uh, you've made the technology available. Now we ask that this will be an opportunity for us to be encouraged together. And Lord, we take the message from your word and apply it to our lives. Lord, is there somebody in the sound and, and watching this who has yet to believe and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior? Lord, may they answer the question, 
What do I need to do to be saved? By responding as the Philippian jailer responded. Giving their heart, their life to Jesus. And both by believing and receiving him as Lord and Savior. Not only can their lives be changed, but so can their family. So can their circumstances. Lord, so can their life. And they can then experience real freedom. Do your great work. We'll praise you for what you do in these days and in this time. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today.